Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Weekend Warrior, every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court. The field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai for 33 years and counting. Wow, what a big week I had. Wednesday, two hip replacements, two knee replacements, and then a shoulder replacement. All over the body. Energizing. So much fun. I look around after I'm done in the operating room for 10 hours. Everyone's exhausted but me. I'm the only one I could go do five more. It's the difference between being an introvert, I guess, and an extrovert. I get energy from being around people and being busy and doing things. For other people, it just sucks the life out of them, but not me. Usually, I'm doing another five surgeries on Friday. That was yesterday. But guess what? I took the day off because of the annual ESPN golf tournament at Yorba Linda. Thanks to Tommy Lamb. And I never want to miss it. Been doing it for 12 years. And it's so much fun. Well, guess what? Yesterday, my team... Won the tournament. Yep. If you go on Twitter, at Dr. Robert Clapper, you'll see a big smile. Me and three other mates holding the trophy. It was awesome. And it was particularly fun because of the other weekend warriors and golfers, fans of 710 ESPN that I met on the golf course. So I'm giving a shout out to Byron Chamberlain and Ernest Playing in front of us. What a pleasure to meet you, Byron. Played for two years, won two Super Bowls. He played for more than ten, two years. But he won two Super Bowls with John Elway as a Denver Bronco. Awesome. What a pleasure. And then Walter Drummond. He won a Super Bowl with Seattle. It's so interesting. These two professional athletes, NFL football players, like our very own Keyshawn Johnson, what are they doing after the football? What did they learn from football that allows them to have these careers after football? 
So I'm going to make sure that Byron Chamberlain and Walter Drummond will be on this show one Saturday because that's what fascinates me is putting the whole story of your life together. And that is why I'm so excited for my guest today at 8.15. She's calling in from Santa Barbara, Sally Sanger. Sally is a surfer and has been a surfer her entire life. Her specialty is in fitness, but fitness in the older population. She herself is not a youngster anymore. And she is able to convey the joy, the specialness of staying active in her own life, but in her many clients who are in their 70s. And you know how this show works. I love the world of art. I love the world of sports. And I love my world of surgery. Where do you find that joy, the beauty in aging? I've been thinking about this all week. Well, what does aging mean? It means you get cataracts. It means your heart valve calcifies. You get high blood pressure. Your physical machinery of your body starts to fall apart. The Romans only lived to be 35 years old back in the day. They didn't get these age-related problems. The blessing is that we live longer now. The curse is we get all these physical problems. But I I will tell you, the blessing is in as the physicality goes away, deteriorates, degenerates, the spirituality, the mental aspects, your experiences, your sixth sense, your ability to have joy from those memories increases. It's an awesome parallel universe that starts to take place. And in the world of art, in the world of sports, and in my world of surgery, where do I see the beauty of aging? Well, we're going to get into it. Oh, my God, wait till you hear these sound bites. First, you're going to hear from Jerry Lopez, my favorite surfer of all time, talking about the Dalai Lama and how the Dalai Lama looked at a human being and their life kind of upside down, but he's right. The biggest inspiration in my life is the sculptor Michelangelo, but he also was a painter. He painted the Sistine Chapel, but guess what he did when he turned 70 that he never did before? He became an architect at 70. He lived to be 89 years old. He lived another almost 20 years Beyond 70, not painting, not sculpting, to lift up that hammer and chisel as an 85, 89-year-old man. You just can't do what you did when you were 35. That's why I'm playing golf with retired NFL football players. You can't keep doing the physicality. But instead, Michelangelo built the dome of St. Peter's, which is right next to the Sistine Chapel. For 150 years, the Romans worked on this project, making the biggest dome in the world. But for the 40 years before Michelangelo took this job on, it was a mess. The original architect had a great idea, but could never make it happen. 
150 years they're working on this thing. But it got completed in the last 20 years of Michelangelo's life because of him. You have to hear the story, and I want you to hear the innovation that he came up with as a 70-year-old that allowed this project, which was impossible to finish, to finish. And I'll give you a hint. It involves an engineering trick that he came up with to get the supplies up 250 feet in the air with donkeys. You got to hear this. And what about in the world of sports? Like what Sally Sanger does as a surfer, being a fitness expert. Well, who was the original fitness expert who worked with older people, who worked with kids when no one else did, who worked with women when no one else did? Who was the first person in America to open a gym in 1936? He himself lived to be 96 years old. Jack LaLanne. You know why they're called jumping jacks? Because he did it. Those leg extension machines, the Nautilus, that kind of equipment didn't exist. Duke Kahanamoku couldn't go into a surf shop when he was growing up because there was no surf shop. He had to go look at a tree, chop it down, and make from Redwood a surfboard. Jack LaLanne, there's no gym. There's no equipment. He built it all with his friends who were machinists. Hey, Frank, I got an idea. Can you build this? Can you? That's how he started. And you're going to hear sound bites. And at age 70, to prove to the world that your life ain't over, it just begins. Jack LaLanne, handcuffed and his, and his legs tied, swam into Long Beach Harbor for a mile with 70 boats, with 70 people in those boats, to prove a point. And you're going to hear from the man himself. He, he's one of the most motivational speakers I've ever heard. And the more I listen to him, the more I start to hear how he raises his voice, lowers his voice, the passion he has for what he's telling us. I think that's some of it is in me. You'll have to tell me if you actually hear a little Jack LaLanne and Dr. Clapper. And what about Clapper Vision? Who's the professional athlete that I want to break down their injury? Well, I went to that football game on Thursday with my friend Jeff Grogan. I'm a season ticket holder. Couldn't wait to see the Super Bowl champs play the team that many people think is going to be in the Super Bowl this year, the Buffalo Bills. It was terrible. I left after the third quarter. They're going to have to do a lot to get me to go back to the stadium. If you're friends with me, it's a good thing because I'll be giving away a lot of these tickets because it was so uninspiring. It's terrible. Now, Josh Allen, the opposite, very inspiring. But the Clapper vision for today in the Warrior, not the Weekend Warrior, which we'll get into, and I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And I can't wait to tell you about the surgeries I did this week, take you into the surgeries. But the Clapper vision in the Warrior I want to talk about is to Kyron Williams. He's the rookie running back from Notre Dame that the Rams have to help Cam Akers. But he already is injured again. He has what's known as a high ankle sprain. What the hell is a high ankle sprain? 
Is there such a thing as a low ankle sprain? Actually, yes. What does the high and the low refer to when we talk about an ankle? The answer, the joint line. When you now take your foot, look at your foot, make your foot go up and down, you will see your joint moving. So what are the bones? Your heel is the calcaneus. The ball in the center of your ankle is the talus. And it meets your shin bone called the tibia. Well, there's a little bone next to the tibia on the little toe side of your shin called the fibula. This is how your ankle is made up. Tibia, fibula, talus. A high ankle sprain is when the ligaments above the ankle joint are involved in the injury. That's way big of a deal when the, when the ligaments below the joint line are torn. And we'll get into the clapper vision, one of my favorites, which is a Hawaiian outrigger canoe. The big canoe and that little miniature canoe bolted next to it. You, you can watch Hawaii Five-0. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Daniel Boone in a canoe or a kayak. I'm talking about the outrigger canoe where you have off to the side. Well, those men are sitting in the tibia. They're sitting in the big bone. That's the big boat, the big canoe with their paddles. But that little outrigger that stabilizes the boat so it doesn't tip over in waves, not like Daniel Boone in a canoe going down a lazy river. We're talking about waves that will knock you over. And those Polynesians, I'm sure their very first canoe looked like a canoe in Wisconsin, but it don't work. You need a canoe that won't tip over. And the genius Polynesians invented the outrigger canoe. So perpendicular to the, the main canoe, the tibia, attached is that little canoe, the outrigger. That's the fibula. And that junction between the big boat and the outrigger, in your body, it's called the syndesmosis. And that's where these ligaments are. Now here's your clapper vision. Imagine ripping that little outrigger right from the big canoe. Guess what's going to happen to those men and women that are paddling? The canoe's going to tip over. It's unstable because you need that to help you stay flat on the water, to stabilize you. Well, your ankle needs the fibula to keep it stable. You roll your ankle, okay, you can tear the little ligaments. But if you rip that junction between the outrigger and the outrigger canoe, where the paddlers are, you're unstable. And that's what a high ankle sprain is. It's the separation of those two devices in the boat. We can get into all kinds of great injuries and and how to, pro how to solve that problem surgically, which I love. It's called a tightrope. Tua Tunga Valoa, career saved by the tightrope for a high ankle sprain. But remember Rob Gronkowski? Remember that undefeated season the New England Patriots had? Boom, boom, boom. Tom Brady to Gronkowski. Guess what? High ankle sprain. And the New York Giants were able to take away that glory of that undefeated season by beating them in the Super Bowl because Gronkowski had a high ankle sprain. This is a significant injury, not career-ending, but you ain't coming back so fast from a high ankle sprain. So that's a clap revision for Kyrene Williams, the 
rookie running back for the Rams. And I can't wait to do some Clapper Vision with the Weekend Warriors, which is you guys. And don't forget about food. Ah, where? Where, Dr. Clapper, is the, the story, today's topic of 70 years old being something you can eat that's special? Well, let me tell you, where I'm going to send you on the menu, it says this pie's recipe is from my gram, great grand from 1947. This is a recipe for the flaky pie crust of the greatest slice of pie you will ever put in your mouth. And my favorite is their banana cream pie. Yeah, in L.A., we have a restaurant with recipes that are over 70 years old. And wait till I tell you where that is. My mouth is watering already. All right, let's take a break. We got callers. I can't wait to do these sound bites. What a pleasure to be with you yet again after 12 years and still going on the Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The most gifted physical specimen I've ever seen. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, Rebecca, God bless you. She's got us listening to a 70-year-old Altacaca singer. Grandpa Mick Jagger. But you know what? He don't need the fame. He don't need the money. And yet he's still doing it. You know why? Because he benefits spiritually by continuing to live his life, blessing us all with his talent, but he benefits. And that is going to be today's topic and point. If you haven't learned it yet, and I know there's a lot of young people listening to this show, I'm going to give you a secret from a 65-year-old Jewish guy from Far Rockaway, New York. You want to hear the wisdom? It's like going to synagogue on a Saturday morning with me. Rabbi Clapper, when you give of yourself the feeling that you get back when you give to a total stranger something precious, knowledge, a hello, just be be a mensch, be nice, what you get back is a thousand times more than the effort of the give. And I don't care whether you're 20 or 70, it only gets nicer and nicer the older you get because when you're 70, you got a lot more to be able to give away. So 
With that in mind, let's get right to the callers. I'll do the sound bites coming up because I just love talking to the weekend warriors. Let's go to Richard at Irvine. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, good morning, doctor. Good morning, young man. How young are you? What do you do for a living? 59, just turned in August, and then uh, I'm in the investment field. Nice. And tell me where you grew up, what your father do for a living. What's the story? Uh, my father, uh, he came over from Japan in the, the 50s. He just passed away this year at oh. a age 100. Wow. Uh, and Yeah, born and raised in Orange County. Did he have to do the internment camps? He was, no, he fought in World War II for Japan. Um, wow. I do actually have two clients. Yeah, I have two clients that were in the internment camp from Manzanar to uh, Arizona and Arkansas, actually. Uh, so, yes, uh, a lot of a lot of history. Wow. Your dad fought in for the Japanese in World War II. That's unbelievable. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he didn't fight against the, uh, uh, the USA. He fought in China. Um, and he just passed away in February uh, at 100. Wow. What did he do for a living? Uh, when he came over from Japan, he uh, started his own business, which was a landscaper. And then uh, towards more towards the latter part of his life, he bought a, a convenience store. Did he have a hobby of bonsai trees? He did, but his um, hobby is very similar to yours. He loved and pottery you know putting it on the wheel wow. and then as he got older and he had arthritis he couldn't do the pottery wheel so he started making statues hmm. uh out of wood and out of uh kind of like plaster i guess um wow. maybe like four or five foot statues yeah <laughs> what an interesting guy what was his name uh frank shinpei wow and how about your mom did she work no, uh, so, she, you know, again, uh, in that generation, uh, right. she passed away also this year, oh. uh, two weeks before my dad, actually. And, uh, wow. no, she never worked uh, until the very, very end. Uh, she worked at a Japanese uh, market uh, to be with, you know, to get out of the house and, and talk with people. That's amazing. Well, a big Ohio gasaimas to you and your family. Yes, thank you very much. All right, young yes, man. Listen, good. how can I help you? What what hurts? Well, I, what's going on? Okay, first of all, I hope you received that email for, that I sent to Arnold. Um, it had my MRI report, and <clears throat> I, I can't pull it up right now because I didn't uh, I didn't turn on my 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 five <laughs> G before I got on the phone, so I can't get into my internet. So do but, me a favor, Richard. Get all your stuff together, have the MRI report in front of you, and I promise you, today, you call back, and I'll interrupt what I'm doing, and I'll talk to you, and I'll explain it, okay? Thank you. I'll call you right back. Okay, young man. You hang on. All right, let's quickly go to Avo. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Yes, hi. Good morning, Dr. Clapper. This is uh, my second time calling a uh, uh, radio show. One was back in the day with Chick Hearn, so... I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> Are you kidding? Don't be nervous. I ain't going to bite you. Although some people I would like to bite, but I'm not biting you. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 55. I work for a manufacturing company. I do their purchasing. Wow. Do you know, Avo, if you met a woman 
and her last name was Cotto, her name would be, your name would be Avocado. That's right. Sometimes I have to explain, you know, you tell them Avo, I said, well, either Bravo Avo or Avocado. <laughs> and tell me again what you do for a living. I'm a buyer. I'm, I purchase for a manufacturing company. I buy raw materials. Like wood and sand and water? No, what do you, what's no. the raw material? It's it's a cosmetic, you know, uh, oh. personal care product. So I buy uh, chemicals, ingredients, wow. uh, organic, non-organic, so you name it. I got like over 5,000 uh, uh, raw materials that I, uh, wow. you know, I'm charged of to make sure we keep stock of. That's amazing, Avo. That's amazing. Good for yeah. you. All right, young man, what did you do to yourself? How can I help you? Well, uh, I've been, uh, well, basically I have hip, uh, I don't know how, hip dysplasia. Yes. You know what that means? <laughs> that means I still have a lot, you know, I can get a <laughs> surgery, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Take it easy. There's a book I wrote with Linda Yui called Heal Your Hips. You need to get a copy, all right? In it, okay. you will understand, because I wrote it, so it's in plain English with plenty of clapper vision. You really will get a kick out of it. Heal your hips, and it'll explain to you, but I'll let the listeners in on what you're going to be reading about when we use the word hip dysplasia. So imagine during the heat wave, it's 120 degrees, you're not walking barefoot outside on asphalt. Your, your feet will burn. So you get in your car and you drive to Val Surf, my favorite surf shop, and you say to those guys, hey, Dr. Clapper sent me. I'm a weekend warrior. I desperately need something to cover my feet. It's 120 degrees outside. I don't want to burn them. I need a flip-flop. And they say, okay, what size shoe are you, Avo? And you say, what size is your shoe, by the way, Avo? Uh, depends on the shoe, but 11, let's say. Okay, let's say it's 11. And they look at you, sorry, Avo, we're all out of size 11 shoes. Well, what am I going to do? I don't want to burn my foot. Well, Avo, all we have is size 8. Listen, at least I have something, I'll buy them. And you buy for your size 11 foot a size 8 flip-flop. Well, as we say in New York, forget about it. That ain't going to work, but at least it keeps you from burning your foot. But guess what happens? Your heel and the skin of covering your heel is now sitting off the end of the flip-flop because your foot is too big for the flip-flop, correct? Yes. So as you walk around with your foot too big for the heel, guess what happens over time to that flip-flop? You crush the edge, the end of the flip-flop, right? Because all the contact of your heel is not being covered by a true size 11 flip-flop it's crushing the end of the size 8 flip-flop, correct? Yes. Your hip dysplasia means the ball of the ball and socket joint of your hip joint, the ball is a size 11, but the socket is a size 8. Hip dysplasia, uh. dis, dis in Latin means not the same, a similar, dysplasia. Plasia, like plastic surgery, is means the construction you don't have a match of the right size ball with the size socket. The ball is too big for the socket. So just like you crush the edge, the end of the flip-flop, you crush the edge of the socket, the surface, and that leads to early arthritis. 
So that's what's going on in your hip. Do me a favor. Don't let anybody talk you into a cortisone shot, stem cells for $10,000, Synvisc. No needles into your hip joint. Thank you very much. You have time to get stronger. Get the book. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, half an hour. You walk forwards, backwards in a pool. Not in a week or two, but in a month or two. Half an hour, three days a week, you walk into the pool, you'll feel better. Now, you may still need surgery, Avo, but you will—you don't need it emergently, not with the diagnosis of hip dysplasia. Nobody needs an emergency operation on their hip. You'll get stronger if you do what I say. And one of two things, you told, you're a businessman, win-win. Win number one, you'll go, oh my God, it's been two months. I feel so much better. And you'll postpone or avoid surgery, win number one. Or win number two is... Dr. Clapper, I'm ready. But you'll be coming to surgery, stronger muscles because of the pool, the weightlessness of the water, the resistance on the muscle, the water touching the skin called proprioception. You will second win, make recovery from surgery easier because you've been stronger. Capiche? Awesome. Awesome. Capiche. Uh, one other question. I mean, just a description. I've been... I had a pain 12 years ago, and I went through the doctors, and I I avoided surgery, and things got better. Yeah. So they told me walk and bicycling shouldn't get any worse. So I've been, last four years, I've been doing walking every single day. No, 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 no. Walking is too much pounding. You can walk to be in the neighborhood, but it's not a great exercise. You need to switch that out. The bike's okay, but the pool is the greatest thing you'll be able to do for yourself to buy time. And at your convenience, I'm not here to solicit patients. You win the prize, you can call my office. Arnie will pick up the phone, tell him I spoke to Dr. Clapper. I want to have a visit with him, and I'll tell you what to do. No shots, get in the water, buy the book, and it's a pleasure, Avo, to talk to you. Now, Avo, you're a total total stranger. I never met you before. I want you today to find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me, okay? You got it. God Thank bless you, you so Abel. Much, doctor. All right, my pleasure. All right, we'll take a break. Ah, Richard's back on the line. Good. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to Richard. We'll take a break, pay some bills. And it sounds like we're going to be talking about shoulders because I think that's what his MRI is all about. Until then, wow, pay some bills. We'll do that. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. That's right. Mahalo. Aloha. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Ahui hoy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 home of your Los Angeles Lakers. I have to reveal a secret. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I love listening to Sweet Caroline. And as I drive through Las Virginis Canyon, there's a tunnel. And I wait, speed up my car, slow it down, 
so that when I get to that point in that Sweet Caroline song, let's do this again from the top, Rebecca. Make it loud. Where you go, bop, bop, bop. Where it began. Okay, so now I'm listening to this song. I see the tunnel in the I distance. Singing along. But then I know it's growing Car's getting closer and closer. I'm not in the tunnel yet. I'm getting close. Wasn't the spring. Singing along. What a beautiful song. And spring became the summer. You'll need to do Who what I'm about to tell you. Touching hands. All right, getting closer to the tunnel. Here we go. Touching me. Touching you. Okay, he's going to say, and then it's three beeps. Here we go. I honk my horn. When I get to the front of the tunnel, I honk it in the middle of the tunnel. And that third... I honk it the third time. <laughs> you should try it one day. Figure out the distance of when he starts Sweet Caroline. There's something special about this. So you almost feel like you're on stage with him because you're honking the horn in your car as you're going through that tunnel. It's going up to see the beautiful waves of Malibu. It's just awesome. Anyway, another crazy secret I've revealed. All right, let's go to Richard before I do some... Anytime I get to talk about Michelangelo, you'll hear in my voice the energy going up and up and up because he's my hero. But let's take care of Richard first. Richard, welcome back. Let's do your MRI. All right. Thank you. I'm looking at it. It's broken down into findings. No. Impression. Impression. Read the impression. Read it slowly so I can interrupt you with Clapper Vision. And again, this is an MRI of your shoulder, right? Correct. Okay, go ahead. One centimeter region of high-grade partial thickness tearing at the footprint of the uh, supraspinatus with six millimeter of retraction. Okay, so none of that makes... Wait, wait, wait. So none of that makes any sense. Because if you're partially torn... You ain't retracting because the rest of the when you whenever a, a, an MRI says the word partial, that means the other part is still attached. So here's here's the clapper vision for you. You got a boat, and the boat has a rope to tie up to the dock. Okay, you tie yeah. the rope to the dock on that metal cleat. Right? That's what keeps the boat from drifting away. You got a rope and it's attached to the dock. The tendon that helps you lift up your arm. So take your right hand and cover your left shoulder. Your pinky now is in the front of your shoulder and your thumb is in the back of your shoulder and your index and long finger are on top of your shoulder, right? Just pretend you're pulling your fingers, tightening to make a fist almost. That's the contraction of your tendons that as they do that, they lift your arm up. The tips of your fingers are attached like the rope tied up to the cleat, to the bone. The attachment of the tendon into the bone is called the footprint. So if the rope 
is frayed, the tendon. It's partially torn. It's still attached. It's just frayed. So to use the term, it's now retracted, either means it's completely torn. In that case, it's not a partial thickness tear. It's a full thickness tear. Like, so whoever did this, I hate them. I don't hate them because I ever, you know, met them. I I should stop using that word, but I can't help it. I'm from Far Rockaway. We hate, we either love people or you hate. (laughs) My father always used to say, Robbie, calm down. You can't just love somebody or hate. The world is not, my father used to say to me, it's not just black and white, Robbie. There are shades of gray. I must have been like nine years old. I said, Dad, I don't have time for shades of gray. I either love you or I hate you. And if I hate you, I hate you. I'm done. If I love you, I will do anything for you. But I don't have shades of gray. So that's what's going on here. I don't have time for this. Is it partial or is it full? So guess what, Richard? Your entire story to me is a mishigas. It's terrible because I cannot rely on – I have to see the films with my own eyes. Because, and number one, you better not let anybody give you a cortisone shot or stem cells or PRP. No needles into your shoulder. Okay, Richard? Yes. I, uh, for many years, you've told us that. Uh, I know we're well aware of that. So you better not do that. And don't tell me that you broke down and you went to someone who gave you a shot because then I'm going to smack you. So do me a favor. <laughs> You're going to bring that MRI. You already spoke to Arnie. Again, I'm not here to solicit patients, but you're already on the road of going, you know, like Joshua Tree. They tell you to stay on the path here. You're already going where you're not supposed to be going. So you and I need to figure out what to do next because I will tell you, partial thickness tears makes me very excited, even as a surgeon, because there's hope that you won't need surgery. But if you have a full thickness tear with retraction, then it's wrong for you to sit on it. Then you should actually have it fixed. And I do them all the time. And you can do them very elegantly with the small tear that you have in the description where you arthroscopically, very elegantly can repair it. But I don't want pills. I don't want shots. And I don't even want physical therapy until I figure out, do you have partial or is it full? There's no such thing as being partially pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. There's no partial. So you and I have to figure out the status. So this conversation has to be extended because I need to examine you and look at your MRI with my own eyes. Okay? Well, that's great. I tried to get in, but they said... We, well, all right. I I, yeah, I get that. You, 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 right. You tell Arnold. You tell Arnold I said it's okay, and I look forward to meeting you in person. And what a pleasure to have a weekend warrior this loyal, this devoted for all these years. It'll be my pleasure to help you, Richard, okay? Thank you, doctor. God bless you. Have a great day. And you better find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I will. All right, young man. All right, warriors. I'm not even giving the phone number out right now because I got business to do. I got to play some sound bites. And I want you to hear all about Jack LaLanne and Michelangelo and what they have in common with my guest at 815, the great Sally Sanger. You'll hear more coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. 710. 
with Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Going places that I've never been. Seeing things that I may never see again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Good job, Rebecca. This is Willie Nelson. I think he's 90 years old, still singing, still doing his thing. Because he benefits, and so do we. Life begins for some people at 70. And I need you to hear about my hero and how his life began at age 70. The great Michelangelo. The man speaking is probably the greatest Michelangelo scholar living today. His name is William E. Wallace, and I take great pride in telling you that he was a guest. This man speaking was a guest on this show after he wrote this book, William E. Wallace. And coincidentally, he got his Ph.D. from a man named Howard Hibbard, who's since passed away, who wrote a book about Michelangelo. Howard Hibbard was my professor at Columbia, while I was an undergrad in the 70s, William E. Wallace was getting his Ph.D. Literally, I could have been eating pizza at the same place in the 70s at Columbia as this man speaking. But I want you to hear what he's telling us about an artist, the greatest artist that ever lived, in my opinion, from 500 years ago who's still relevant and still teaching us Millions of people still flocking to Italy to see the work that he did. But he began his career as a sculptor. Then he did the painting of the Sistine Chapel. But according to William E. Wallace, no, the greatest thing he did was at age 70, became an architect. Listen to the story. Part of the transformation of the Rome we know today is because of Michelangelo's architectural projects in the late 70s and 80s of his life. And his biggest project of all was at the Vatican. But it wasn't the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It was St. Peter's Basilica. At 70, he's well deserves to retire. And the Pope comes and says, you're taking over St. Peter's, the largest, most complicated architectural project in the world. Mm. Michael Andrews just can't believe it. He's 70 years old. He has no business taking over such a project. But you do not say no to a pope. <laughs> you don't say no to Pope Julius II. No way, no way. Michelangelo knew he would never live long enough to see St. Peter's completed. But despite new problems and old age, he persevered because Michelangelo was never building St. Peter's for himself. Wow. Well, as he said, he ended up working for God. Uh, at, at the end, it was, it was no longer working for his friends or his family. He, the person he was working for was God. He was God's architect. It's like planting that tree in your front lawn. In your 70, you ain't going to see it bear fruit. You're not going to see it, but your grandchildren will. And the people that will still be here will benefit. 
You have to start thinking outside your own existence. Plant a tree. We are very much interested in the heroic early Michelangelo, the carver of the David, the carver of the Pietà, the painter of the Sistine, all of which happened in the first third of his life. And that's the story that's been told over and over and over again, a hundred times in a hundred books. The late, late life is the part that I'm telling now in this new and most recent book, his 70s and his 80s. And I'd like to maintain that they are actually the busiest time of his life and his most creative. Most creative? Are you kidding me? This is a guy who made the Pieta, the David. But his expert is saying no. To be able to make other people into artists is actually more creativity than you actually doing the art yourself. Steven Spielberg, the director, is more of an artist than Harrison Ford, the actor, is essentially what he's saying. Getting Harrison Ford to be the best version of Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones is the job of that director. It's the Michelangelo who is the builder of, of um, Rome, um, essentially the transformer of Rome into Baroque Rome that we know, and especially the builder of St. Peter's, which is not, many people have built, uh, have been visiting, have visited St. Peter's, but not are not completely aware of the fact that that is the great masterpiece of Michelangelo. Guilty. Oh, right well, here. three well, times. That's, that's quite all right. It never really even registered with me, that's except for, quite of course, all right. the Sistine Chapel. But there's a good reason there, because it took 150 years to build St. Peter's, and Michelangelo mm. only devoted 18 years of his life to it. But he gave the stamp that made that building, and that building is Michelangelo's. Lar it's the largest dome ever built up until that point. They don't have engines, hoists, cranes. Like we have now. I'm talking 500 years ago. There's no electricity. How do you do this? Make the greatest dome of all time. A pyramid is easy. You just stack the blocks. The hard part is getting these massive blocks, you know, up in the air to stack them. But go try and make a hollow pyramid that big. And no, dis no disrespect to you. What the Egyptians did is mind-blowing. And there were geniuses in each generation. But to be able to pick up the whole profession of architecture as a 70-year-old, you never did it before, that means we all can pick up something brand new. I'm 65. I wonder if I can learn how to play the ukulele or the guitar. Never done it before. Why not? Well, and he also wasn't the original architect. That's right. That's right. And... He followed much of that original architect's original plan. He realized that that original plan was a good plan, but it had gotten messed up in the 40 years before Michelangelo took it over. And that's one of the things he had to do was straighten out a big mess when he took it over. He did so at the request of the Pope. He wasn't, he wasn't looking for that sort of work, right? A request, you might say it's a request. When the Pope says you're gonna take over St. Peter's, you don't say no to the Pope. It wasn't exactly the request that Michelangelo wanted to hear at age 70. <laughs> God. Uh, Michelangelo, the engineer. We think of Leonardo da Vinci. If you ask who's the greatest engineer of the Renaissance, everybody would say Leonardo da Vinci. We have 6,000 pages of Leonardo's drawings and all kinds of brilliant engineering ideas. 
But Leonardo didn't actually carry out any of those engineering ideas. Michelangelo just did it. He didn't talk about it, he didn't draw it, he just did it. And he accomplished enormously complicated and impressive engineering feats all through his life. So he had an engineering skill and knowledge that was uh, of a depth beyond anybody else of his time. In my studio, where I use the same blocks of stone from the same quarry Michelangelo used for my hobby of sculpting in his stone, and you can Google and see all the works that I've done, I work in pieces that are 1,000 pounds, 500 pounds. I've done many that are a ton, 2,000 pounds, and I have one that I worked on that was 4,000 pounds. That's, t that's two tons. That's nothing compared to the size of the stones that he worked in. And it started with the fact that he was a sculptor. He was bringing marble blocks from the Carrara quarries 90 miles from Carrara to Florence. And these were blocks that are eight tons, <laughs> larger than anything that had been moved since Roman times a thousand years before. So he had to rethink how the Romans had done this and how they had transported these materials, how they lifted eight tons. Mm and move them 90 miles. So that was the beginning of his engineering knowledge, which helps, of course, in building a building. So here's the biggest challenge. The dome that you're building at St. Peter is 250 feet above the ground. You don't have an engine to hoist it up. You don't have a crane, no trucks. You know what you have? 500 years ago, you got donkeys. But a donkey has two eyes and a brain. And if that donkey sees itself 200 feet in the air, it freezes up. It ain't going to move, let alone you're never going to get it up there because it's not going to schlep up 200 feet. This is the engineering genius. He made the dome two thicknesses. He, in essence, built two domes. This was the genius move. He made a dome within a dome with a walk space between the inner and the outer dome. And in that walk space, he made four ramps. But because it was an inner pathway, it was between the inner and the outer dome, dark, the donkeys did not know they were 200 feet in the air. Listen to this. Well, you talk about, too, using the donkeys to haul these things and this kind of system that he arranged around uh, with ramps and so forth to get the donkeys to haul that up there. This was a brilliant innovation in St. Peter's. We don't actually know, unless you climb the dome in St. Peter's, because you climb the dome and come down one of these helical ramps. There are four of them in the corners of the dome. And these are enclosed ramps, circular helical ramps that go up. And these were designed by Michelangelo so that he could carry the materials, the building materials, sand, bricks, water, and the stone, up 200 or 250 feet, and the donkeys were carrying these up these ramps. And of course, if the donkeys knew they were 250 feet up in the air, they would have frozen and they wouldn't have moved. But Inside these helical ramps, they were very comfortable and they were very easy to carry these heavy, heavy weights up. So this is one of these brilliant innovations that Michelangelo came up with. And I think that is what 
today's topic is really all about. And I can't wait to ask Sally Sanger. Ask her the personal question of what it's like to be at your age still surfing and teaching and being a fitness expert for you personally. But what is it in the people that you're training who are older? This is really what's fascinating because you're hearing it right there from William E. Wallace. Michelangelo is still innovating. He's using his brain and experience of hauling marble to actually hauling bricks and sand to build this dome. And that's what happens. That's what happened to Michael Jordan when he went to the Washington Wizards. He still was not the Chicago Bull Michael Jordan, but he was still able to play and did not embarrass himself. Kobe Bryant, he tears his Achilles tendon. He plays in his last game. I was there. And scores 60 points. Yeah, it's his last game, and they're not winning a championship. I get it. But I'll give you a basketball. In the NBA, the Utah Jazz, it's not like they didn't guard him. You know how he's able to do it? Because he aged mentally. Physically, he was broken down. But what increases that parallel universe is your sixth sense. Trust me, as a surgeon now, 33 years later, 16,000 surgeries, those five surgeries I did on Wednesday, in my opinion, was the most fun and the greatest and easiest day I've ever had in 33 years as a surgeon. And there are plenty of 30-year-old surgeons who already would have taken a nap probably after the second surgery. They like look at me go, how could you do five of these? As I told you in the beginning of this show, I get energy from the work. It doesn't take it away from me. I'm going to be louder sounding in your ear at 8.30 than I am at 7 o'clock in the morning. And that's what, that's what should happen when you get older. You get an intuition. You have the spirituality increases. Your emotion, the mental state can get stronger, even if the physicality gets less. It's in the story of Michelangelo becoming an architect at age 70 and creating the greatest architectural feat of all time. And it's also in Jack LaLanne, the fitness guru. You got to hear the story of this man, a sickly child whose life was turned around at age 15 when he heard a man talk about fitness and nutrition. This is 100 years ago in a time when people did not think this way. And coming up next, you're going to hear that story of Jack LaLanne because it's the same story of Michelangelo and Sally Sanger. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.